Welcome to the Modern Hippie Podcast, where we'll be exploring all of my favorite boundary-pushing people and topics surrounding consciousness, psychedelics, mental performance, functional medicine, living in alignment, and so much more. I'm your host, Barrett Perlman, a former pro wakeboarder turned body worker, energy healer, and well, a modern hippie. And I'm so glad you're here. Start. (laughs) I am so excited to announce my guest today my best friend and soul sister of many things. I am here with Leah Drew. Hi. And Leah, you are a pain management expert. Um, I would say you do like functional medicine too. Um, Trauma-informed empowerment coaching and therapies. What am I missing? That's a lot of the things. Uh, (laughs) um, I'm an awareness coach. I'm a pain management specialist. I'm a movement specialist. And ultimately, I I help people that are struggling in different aspects of their life, physically, mentally, emotionally, and energetically. And I support them in gaining more tools and more awareness so that they can better heal themselves and live a life that feels really fucking good to them. (laughs) Sounds amazing. I love it. (laughs) I love it too. Sounds like something everyone could be using in their life, really, for the most part. Maybe we should all be going to you. (laughs) I wish I could just sprinkle a little bit of my my sparkles on all the people around me in the world. That's what I try to do. You could. You can. I do. Yeah. I'm here for it. Mm. Well, I'm so glad to have you join me today because you are uh, the first person I've ever really met who is basically into like everything that I'm into. Like everything. Mm. Yeah. With few exceptions. We're, when we say we're sisters, like we, we're, we're, we're sisters. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. Even our lives are like relatively parallel and we go through similar things at similar times. And- Patterns and pain. <sighs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So something I would love to start with talking about is I went to you last week to help me with, um, I was being trauma triggered as you pointed out, um, by a guy that I've been seeing, uh, not by him really, but by a conversation that we had. And, um, I found myself like unable to get out of bed and having this just like blackout response and you were the one who was like hey that's a trauma response and I was like oh I'm not trauma triggered I don't know mm. it. it turns out I was totally wrong um and I stopped and I sat with it and I thought about where it was coming from and I realized that you were right and it was um my response to him was stemming from this boyfriend from like 14 years ago Yep. And so you invited me to do story work. And I I have been explaining story work to so many people since because like no one has a, a clue what I'm talking about. I love it. And it is uh, I have to say like one of the wildest coolest things I have done. 
Um, I had sort of a similar experience last year while I was writing my book. Um, and I had written a lot about my mom and it helped me weirdly reframe my relationship with my mom. So I kind of, I thought I understood the power of writing out your story. And then I got with you and realized that there was a whole different world surrounding it that I could have been doing. Um, so can you explain what is story work? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for allowing me to support you in that process last week. It was one of the most powerful experiences I've had. Story work alone is powerful, but being able to do that with you mm-hmm. was truly transformational for me as well as it was for you. Yeah, I saw your post. You were like, this is one of the most powerful story work sessions I've ever done. I'm it like, was. Why? With like, just because it was me and we have this connection? or like I, Yes. Um, <laughs> and just knowing you, knowing your life, being in it with you and being able to, one, being trusted to that level by you was was really powerful for me. Mm-hmm. Being able to dive deep into things that you probably don't talk a whole lot about with a lot of people. And that's something that I really cherish is being allowed to hold that space for people in my life, especially people that are my friends, that are my family, because it's a very vulnerable place. Mm. And I'm a really true believer that vulnerability is what really heals the deepest depths of our soul. And so story work is truly one of the most powerful modalities that I have found. And I have a lot of modalities in my toolbox. A lot. A lot of them. <laughs> and I love it. Always more. Like, we're always looking for more. We can, <laughs> And story work by far has proven to yield the most powerful and fastest, quick fast results um, that I've seen and especially when it comes to working with trauma and trauma is something that every person on this earth experiences whether that be watching a stressful um, event whether that be being a part of a stressful event you could be watching a car accident you don't even have to be the one in the car accident oh wow And so your brain and your body remembers all of these things in your subconscious. And what we then do is we create these different ways to live and prevent ourselves from re-experiencing that situation over again. And so our body remembers that stressful experience and does everything it possibly can to avoid it moving forwards. Mm. That can be really supportive because it helps us to protect ourselves and um, in some ways, it also can really hinder us. And you had that experience last week where you had this experience in your everyday life that reminded you of the experience that you had 14 years ago. And that's the thing. It doesn't matter how recent the experience was. It could be 14 years ago. It could be 25. It could be 50 years ago. Your brain still remembers. And so what then happens is once you're triggered is you then end up spiraling. You end Mm. up in this space where you're doing everything you can. You're trying to build your life around protecting yourself from experiencing this thing and re-experiencing this thing. And a lot of times it causes a lot of stress. It causes a lot of anxiety. And those are the the physical, right, like um, feelings, experiences that we're having that we can put words to. But ultimately, it dysregulates the nervous system. Mm -hmm. When the nervous system is dysregulated, 
causes a lot more things to happen, like a domino effect. And that's a lot of times where chronic disease starts is with this chronic activation of the nervous system and constantly being in the state of fight or flight or flee could be fleeing i was trying to flee you were definitely trying to flee <laughs> Flee was my response. <laughs> felt really good in flee <laughs> and what story work does is it goes in and it it really grasps the roots of why where did this start because the trigger is normally something that's happened in the past yeah could be an experience that you just had for example if you were just in a car accident and that ex- that car accident has really stressed out your body and and you're unable to let that fear and that stress and those experiences go right that's something that's recent but most of the time it's things from the past and so mm-hmm. what story work does is it goes in and it really uncovers the roots of well where is this coming from and there's a beautiful four-step process that I use when, when I'm working through story work. And first, you have the client write the story. And mm-hmm. after they write the story, they read the story. And they read it in different, different cadences. Mm-hmm. And as we know, and as you know, about tone, right? A different cadence and a different tone stimulates a different response from the body. Mm-hmm. And so by going through and reading it in different, um, at different paces, it then allows you to process in, in deeper ways. And it allows that energy that's been trapped in your body for 14 years to then flow out. And everybody has a different response at a different time through the story work. Sometimes mm. there's an emotional response reading the story. Other times it's writing the story. And other times it's at the end where we then start to reframe the anchor at which we are thinking about the story. And so at the end, there's usually this statement that somebody comes out with after reading it, after writing it, something that they feel, something that they experienced, and it becomes an anchor into the story. And when you start to reframe the words of that anchor, you then start to experience the story that you wrote in a very different fashion right and a big part of working with story work is incorporating breath work into that story itself that was very powerful for me and i thought very uh i don't want to i guess intuitive is the wrong word but it felt intuitive to me like oh of course we would want to do breath work to down regulate my reaction to the nervous system to the stories um but it, clearly it's much more well thought out than just being intuitive yeah <laughs> and that's the big difference and I'm sure that was probably something that you noticed between writing your book and writing your stories and then taking the breath and incorporating it into the story right and go ahead I was just gonna well like no one would want to read my book if it wasn't passionate and like overly you know all of my thoughts but in story work we're trying to like bring that down yeah (laughs) and that's the powerful part about story work is it's not just about reading and writing what happened it's about down regulating the experience of that story and so when you take the breath and you literally incorporate it into every sentence every but every and what that does is it then down regulates the intensity to which your body is responding to that memory Mm-hmm. And it starts to break it up because that sympathetic response that you're having, which is that fight, flight, or flee, fight, flight, or flee, there's a lot of abs. <laughs> it then brings the breath in. And so that it brings a parasympathetic response to that experience and down regulates how intense your body feels. 
the the thing. Yeah. And that's what you experienced last week is, yeah. is the ability to downregulate your response and take a different perspective at the end and look at like what was happening. And I watched you go from being the victim to removing yourself from that seat of the victim and actually being able to see past that trauma response and see like what was at the root of it. And it wasn't you. It wasn't me at all. So to give you guys a little bit of more detail behind what we're talking about, um, the guy I've been seeing, you know, I came back from Guatemala, we had a chat and he sort of prefaced with, well, you know, it takes like a, a long time before people end up in a relationship. And I was sort of like, what? Uh, I thought we were moving very fast and I thought you were on board with fast. And, um, it just all of a sudden triggered in me this like, oh no, he might still walk away at any minute. And, um, so I started spiraling in this, oh my gosh, I thought we were already kind of doing this. And now I'm finding out he can, he still potentially desires to like walk away at any minute. And when you challenged me to sit with it, I reflected on a boyfriend past who, um, was really my only, not my only, he was my most toxic relationship. Um, but certainly somewhat emotionally abusive and, um, Within a month of us first dating each other, he had found out about my past that I had slept with one of his friends before he and I even started dating. And it sent him into this whole whirlwind of that's not what I wanted in a girlfriend, but now I already love you and now I'm, now I'm fucked. And, uh, you know, it just, my original story was that he would never loved me as deeply as he had intended to, that I was kind of never enough because of that. And that at any, you know, we broke up several times and got back together. So it was always like, I was on edge about when is he going to leave? He's always about to leave me. And I'm always in trouble for something that I feel like I didn't do. Um, and so the story work was just powerful because Mm -hmm. once you, you know, the first time I wrote the, the paragraph, was a paragraph really um long paragraph (laughs) about this initial trauma event trigger and then um we started when you had me slow down and add the uh, slow down and read the story that was hard because the first time you really get to just gloss over it and you get to be strong i get to be the warrior barrett what happened when you slowed it down uh barrett became a little exposed (laughs) and so that was um powerful and to see what I had written and where it really actually hurt mm. and then you had me go back and add the breath into it yep. and, and you added so many breaths into it I thought we were never going to finish <laughs> that was your first comment you said so many breaths <laughs> and you needed them you needed every single one of those breaths I even had to take some of them quite a few times <laughs> um, and so we went in then and and deregulated the story that I had already told my victim story and after that you started to from a trauma-informed healer place helped me begin to rewrite it Mm -hmm. and not like we rewrote the whole paragraph but you would pick primary topical points and write it out in your words of summarizing how I felt and um, sometimes it was wild to see it just so blatantly summarized into a sentence, mm-hmm. you know. And um, then you would sort of 
give it a little bit of a reframe on the next one. And I would have to read these out loud again, also with breath. And um, you finally got to this one. I forget what it was leading up to it. Um, But that I, uh, because of my past, I wasn't enough, something like that. And then you wrote something like, um, I, uh, maybe he, he, I was never going to be enough for him, but, um, it, we got to the point where you wrote, I have always been enough. Yeah. It wasn't about me. That's what it was. It wasn't about me. It was never about me. And I just remember I like looked up at you all of a sudden and like, I've done so much work on myself. I've done so much work on recent relationships around me and I've never gone back decades and applied that work mm-hmm. um, because I, I do believe that I am enough and uh, that, you know, most stuff isn't about you, isn't about me. And I just, it was like this giant light bulb went off in my head because that had never occurred to me about that relationship. Um, and... I got so excited. I mean, I just, I, first off, I broke down. I started sobbing. Bless your heart. You came around the table. There were and crystals. <laughs> there were hugs. There were sage and Palo Santo, like, all up in our business. Yeah. <laughs> I was, like, stuffing crystals in my bra, trying to, like, just get, like... I do have this photo of you with this crystal on your head and this crystal in your boobs. And, yeah. like... <laughs> I was trying to and then you were doing handstands. Yeah, so then we had this breakthrough, and I'm sobbing, and she she comes around, and she's holding me, and I'm just sobbing into you, releasing this this pent-up stuckness that that relationship who had often felt like the one who got away, the one I thought about for years after, um, you know, just letting that all finally go because uh, it was never about me. And... Then we, we got to some other parts where I, it, you know, I had written that he would never again love me as deeply as he had intended to. Mm-hmm. And you wrote, he didn't love himself deeply. And I was like, oh, shit. Hadn't stopped to reflect that back onto him. Yeah. How can and he love you deeply if he doesn't love himself deeply? He can't. You can only love someone to the depths at which you, you love, love yourself. yourself. Yeah. And so that was another groundbreaking sort of thing to me that you know he he would never he didn't love himself deeply so he would never love me deeply and like just unfortunately I was his girlfriend and it's just it's been so wild for me how how healed everything around that is you know and I I thought from having seen him I don't know like five or six years ago or something that like I kind of identified I was like man I don't even think he's happy and I felt really good about not being with him you know that our lives didn't stay together forever um because I was like "Eh, I, I see many places he could be much happier and that makes me sad for him um but not my place to fix him or his life yeah and, uh, yeah, so that story work really re- just reframed, so it like freed me, mm-hmm. freed me from this captive cage that uh, I didn't realize I've now been able to see where that has um, applied to almost every relationship I've ever had, where I hit this point of being so scared that someone's just going to walk away at any minute. Um, and that's my trauma response that like, I'm, I'm not enough because they're about to walk away. 
And who knows? Who knows when they'll walk away, but they've put me in an unsafe place that they're going to walk away. Never, because it reminded you of that past experience. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And the beautiful thing about story work is like, it's like this reset button because then you're noticing that one, your awareness is heightened. You, you now have the ability to be the observer in a very different way than you ever have been. And it changes your your body. It changes your physiology. It changes your biochemistry. Like when you can go in deep and really like rewrite and reprogram those traumatic experiences that have played a really big role in your life and who you are and why you have become who you are. And that's great. We want you to be exactly who you are. But we want to prevent your body from re-experiencing that's that stressful that stressful thing mm-hmm. and when you do that it, it changes everything um, it heals deeply heals deeply heals and the cool part and that I, I want to touch on too is you know we talked about this aspect of there being affirmations and with story work yeah these affirmations and these statements that we come up with are really important but it's very different than the general affirmation that you come up with on a daily basis right i am strong i am enough great that's great because yes we want you to use those affirmations however through story work you're using your own words i'm just the guide right to help you rephrase these statements and in each statement transition I'm connecting back to the story that is behind that affirmation mm-hmm. or that statement, right? And so it's not just this general affirmation. It is this rewritten story and down-regulated experience in your nervous system mm. through just expressing that affirmation. So it's a little bit different because it's it's not just putting words on top of words to try to memorize them and try to feel them. Mm-hmm. You're literally changing a story, changing a memory, not changing a memory, but down-regulating the, the experience of the memory. And through that, coming up with an affirmation that resonates even deeper. Mm. So powerful. Yeah. Is this, is this someone's <clears throat> technique that you learned? Yeah, I learned this through uh, the Enlifted coaches. Mm. Yeah, um, Enlifted is, they're great. It's a great program. Um, highly recommend for anybody that's interested in diving deeper into story work. Um, yeah, Mark is, is amazing, Mark England. And he beautifully guides, um, beautifully guides you through this experience. And the, the, the greatest thing about this program is it's not just them sitting here teaching you information you're going through it so i went through all the things that i put you through to really understand to really feel right and then i had my session with mark and he guided me through this and it just completely changed my life it opened space for me to to have the relationships that i desire to call in the man that i desire and and recognize what i deserve Mm. and why i wasn't allowing myself to receive that because of my past stories with my father. Mm. And so Mark guides you through this incredible coaching experience and then you get to learn and then guide other coaches through it. And so it's very much this like you're immersed in it and that's how you learn it. And I think that's, in my opinion, how people learn best. Sounds wild. Like that's actually after going through that with you, I know I was sitting there looking at you crying and I was sort of like, I'm looking at you and you're kind of crying with me too. And I don't know that I want to be you. (laughs) I don't know that it's definitely not for the faint hearted. That's for sure. Um, 
but, but I, I've talked to so many clients about it, so many people about it since that experience because yeah. I can't stop raving about it. Obviously, it's what we're starting this podcast with. <laughs> and um, now I'm sort of like, well, you know, I, maybe I do want to learn it. It's a really powerful modality to have. Um, and, you know, I definitely think that it works best when incorporated with the other tools that you have. And I'm sure that there are ways that story work can be integrated that I'm not doing in, the, in ways that I'm not doing it, you know. Um, but that's how I see learning um, and any information in any education um, is taking what feels good, leaving what doesn't, and integrating it in your own ways. Mm-hmm. It's not about stepping into the, somebody else's system. It's not about taking somebody else's hat and putting it on your head. Mm-hmm. It's about looking at somebody else's hat, looking at the details, and wondering, hey, what do I want to add to my hat? Yeah. Right? Interesting. Yeah, because, you know, healing is not a one-size-fits-all. Like, we, not every person has the same synapses going in the same place, and um, it's definitely really important to make those um, distinguishments between how can I best help you, and that might look different from how I can best help you. And I think that's really beautiful in um, how you and other coaches I'm seeing are starting to put together their programs where it's like, well, I can't just tell you I'm going to do this, this, and this, and this is our program. It's like, I need to talk to you. I need to figure out what you want, what you need, and then I can build out a program that's going to specifically suit you and your needs. That's why I love connection calls. Mm -hmm. I love whatever discovery calls, connection calls, whatever you want to call them. Um, A lot of coaches don't do them. And for me, it gives a lot of insight into this person. It helps me not just learn about them, but learn if they're a good client for me. And if Mm -hmm. I'm a good fit as a mentor and a coach for them, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that those calls are, are... so damn valuable because without those you don't really have an understanding of what this person is going through you don't really have a full understanding of what you can do to support them and what kind of support they're looking for based off of their goals Mm. yeah well said because I will be um, offering my first coaching program in August and yeah it's something I'm excited to step into my power of and I've been watching my impact on my friends and my clients around me as it is and deciding it's time to build something so I love having you as the example in my life that I look to for what is she doing how is she doing it can I can I copy that and I've looked at some of the things you do and gone like you know what that's not authentic for me Mm -hmm. which has been a beautiful experience because I was like I'll just copy what Leah does but like we can't always be twins I love you. I love you too. <laughs> you, and, and but that for anything, like you've got to be able to look at anybody, anything, any experience, and say mm, that feels really good, and that doesn't. I'm going to leave that at the door because if it's not in alignment with you, your values, how you want to show up in the world, how you want to feel, it's not going to be authentic to you, and it's not going to bring you abundance because it's not in alignment with you. It's in alignment with someone else. Mm. Well said. I want to dig a little bit also into um, pain management because you and I are both massage therapists, Mm -hmm. um, but you have definitely evolved more of what you do into full body pain integration. Like I love to release traumas in the body specifically, but you kind of love to tackle these chronic problems. Um, Help me help my listeners understand how traumas get stuck in the body. Mm. 
Trauma gets stuck in the body in a lot of ways, Um, but ultimately, like we talked about in that stress response, right? Your body remembers everything. Your cells remember everything. Mm -hmm. Your cells have almost these little ears on them, on the outside of them, that are listening to everything and that are taking in information every second of every day. And your body stores that until you actually allow it to be released. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of times it leads to chronic pain, chronic inflammation, and chronic disease symptoms. Because the longer that your body's in this state of stress, fight or flight, uh, or holding on to this lower vibrational energy, the harder it's gonna be for your body to optimally function well. Mm. And in order to feel good, to have a clear mind, to have, to be living in, in high, ele- um, high vibrational states of being, right? Emotions, thoughts we've got to be functioning optimally. And when I'm working with clients that come to me that are usually struggling with some type of chronic disease, some type of chronic pain, some type of injury, mm-hmm. that's where I started looking at the body in these four pillars, the physical, the mental, the emotional, and the energetic. Mm. Because I believe that if you do not target one of those pillars, the person is not going to have a stable foundation to build on. And so when I'm working with them, that we're looking at all of the above and, and helping them reduce whatever symptoms are coming up, you know, whatever symptoms they're experiencing. I personally don't love diagnoses. Mm. I tend to find that people marry them and become their diagnoses. Mm-hmm. Yes, a diagnosis can help you understand, based off of Western medicine, what is happening more deep, on a deeper level, let's mm-hmm. say. And where functional medicine and where um, holistic healthcare really comes in is taking that, looking at all of the components, the physical health, your health history, what happened 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. How are your stress levels? How are your sleep? How is your sleep, right? How are all of these components that are influencing your being, your energetic being? Everything around you is energy. You are energy. We're pure energy. All of it. Yeah, we and just happen to like squeeze them together tiny enough that we look like solid objects. We, we somehow are a, are a thing. <laughs> but like this cup I'm holding in my hands right now is made up of quantas and quarks, and they are literally just pieces of energy. Exactly. It, yeah. And he the energy. same way, right? And that's 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 one of the reasons I love being able to collaborate with you because energy is is everything for us Mm -hmm. it is our source literally and figuratively yeah and when i'm helping people heal it's a matter of looking at what's influencing the energetics of your body that is creating these experiences physically mentally emotionally and ultimately fueled by these energetic shifts And so taking a look at your relationships, taking a look at the products you're using in in your life, taking a look at how you're moving your body, taking a look at how you're thinking during the day, right? Mm. What you're feeling emotionally, that all plays a role in your chronic pain, your chronic inflammation, your chronic disease symptoms. Oof. What you're saying hits home right now because my brain has been a little spirally the last few days and um, I I feel like shit. Yeah, you know, I had this great diet while I was in Guatemala, where they they brought me and fed me basically three vegetarian or two two and a half two vegetarian meals a day. They were very big. Like breakfast was two meals, you know, just so they didn't have to come back for the third <laughs> one. It was pretty much what I determined. <laughs> 
Um, but when I left there, I was like, damn, like my body feels really good. And what did I stick to while I was there? I really cut out gluten. There was no gluten. There was no dairy. And uh, there was no meat. Um, but I've since added some meat back in since I've been home. And fish. I love fish. Can't live without fish. That's no. just silly. Um, and I'm still continuing to feel really great. And I notice here at home when I slip a little bit how tired I am the next day or how kind of shitty I feel. But I'm also um, having these these thoughts that I'm battling right now that like the negativity is really trying to get in. And I'm trying to fight it with positivity and it's like ah, the dark angels battling the white angel and like every everyone's at war right now in my head and um you know this morning I was just kind of like I need a, I, I need a distraction I like need someone else to talk to me <laughs> so I put a podcast on and uh, it was a great podcast yeah I was listening to this Dr. Caroline Leaf um who has a system called NeuroCycle who's just uh, mind-boggling what she does she's um a scientist who's spent basically her life's work dedicated to researching how to change the brain without medication. So curing depression, curing mental disorders, um, curing personality disorders, uh, anxiety, all that kind of stuff just with changing your brain. And um, she had someone on and they were talking and one of the things she actually brought up was like, it's okay to, to give yourself distractions from the anxiety causing things. Like it's okay to identify that like you can't do the work right now and you have to live your life Mm -hmm. and you just need a distraction. Yeah. Although that's read a book, listen to a podcast, um, hang out with a friend, you know, something. So that's important too. And I also on, on that note as well, like what's also important is to not like allow that distraction to be a constant, right? Like Mm. coming back to it and actually working with the thing, right? And not just brushing it under the rug and saying, okay, like see you later, walking away from it. Yeah. Because that's how that energy gets trapped in the body. Right. And so a lot of clients come to you. I have a lot of clients as well that have trauma stuck in them. I like to force it out with my thumbs. (laughs) Which I do sometimes too. And I also like to teach my clients how to do that for themselves. (laughs) Touch yourself here. Oh, that's a good spot. Yeah, Yeah. right? I I enjoy getting people to, to tears, to like crying it out. Because really, if I touch you somewhere... And you shouldn't be crying when I touch you there. There shouldn't be pain when you touch the human body. There should not be. Yeah. So if there is, let's cry it out. Let's let's start moving it because that's a sign that energy is stuck in that area. And that's where I've always found Western medicine to fall short is like if you think about any time you've gone to the doctor, they they don't do very in-depth physical assessments of your body Mm. you know you think about when they like the the most they'll do is like like touch your belly a little bit right just Mm -hmm. like the very surface of your belly and they're like oh you're good i took a a course called uh anf therapy uh, Mm. a couple of years ago and i spent uh three months in spain and i learned awesome how to it was incredible (laughs) i learned how to assess the human body in a way that blew my socks off Mm. And anytime I touch a client, anytime I lay my hands on someone, one of almost always their comment is, wow, why has no one ever touched me like that before? Mm. Why has nobody ever assessed me like that before? I've been to so many doctors. Why haven't they touched my body like that? Mm-hmm. And because they're not taught to, they don't know how to, they don't understand. That's not part of their education, right. which is where holistic practitioners 
really, really come in handy these days is being able to support people in ways that Western medicine is just not taught how to. Mm. And I understand that that can be really frustrating for people where they're like, I haven't found the help. Why haven't I found the help? Why haven't they told me this information? It's because they don't know. They're not educated in it. Mm -hmm. Right? Because that's not what they're taught. Unfortunately, that's not how the system makes its money. Not at all. And that's, I think, why they keep forcing us into the system. Although the irony is, if we could actually heal the body, there, there would be less hospital bills. There would yep. be less things for insurance to pay out. And so they, much less. They clearly are the ones who don't want to pay. Like, sure, the hospitals would love to have you keep coming, but they're at the mercy of the insurance companies paying those bills. It's and, this dirty cycle. It really is. And that's why I'm so grateful to, for people like you, right? Mm. To have the job that I have. Because we get to support people when they feel as though nobody else has been able to do so. Right. You have done some of this ANF therapy. I mean, what does the ANF stand for? <laughs> Good question. ANF therapy is amino neurofrequency therapy. Mm. I am one of approximately 30 of the highest trained practitioners in the world. Oh, snap. I didn't know that about you. Yeah. Go, girl. Um, I stay humble. <laughs> Yes, um, you do. But I have put a lot of time, a lot of energy, and a lot of effort into learning this modality. And it's helped me understand the body, how the organs work with one another, how to really understand like why someone's having pain and where the pain is coming from. Mm. Because a lot of times someone comes, comes into me with lower back pain. And it's like, okay, well, let's assess the gut. Let's assess the spine. Let's assess the occipital nerves. Let's assess um, the adductors. We want to really get a good understanding. Okay, well, why is this back pain happening? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, at ANF therapy, it is a wearable frequency therapy that ultimately optimizes and enhances the body's ability to heal itself. And so, it's sending signals and information energetically through these little stickers they're called discs yeah they look like little circular band-aids almost they're skin colored and little shiny they got some cool guys on it yeah they're non-invasive they just sit on you like a band-aid yep they last for three days it instantaneously reduces pain instantaneously reduces inflammation i have seen some of the most mind-blowing things in my entire life putting these discs on people Mm -hmm. it is by far some of the most rewarding work that i have ever gotten to do is offer free treatments to people that are coming in as test patients at anf seminars oh wow because they come in they they are struggling they're suffering and in minutes they're walking out without pain and they're looking at me like i have five heads like (laughs) what did you do with my pain where did it go Mm -hmm. and i'm sure they wonder is it coming back exactly and most of the time it's not you know however there is a process to using the disc one treatment is going to help you significantly however it's not going to fully heal you because the process of ANF is retraining your nervous system how to do it on its own, mm. right? So just like I refer back to like learning, right? You can't teach a first grade or third grade English until you teach them first grade English, second grade English, and then third grade English. It's a great analogy. Yeah. And so with the discs and with energy in general, you cannot just instantaneously, instantaneously think that the body's going to start to be able to pick this this optimized frequency up immediately it needs practice it needs Mm. learning right and so that's where the ANF is really beautiful because yes you're going to get results in one session but over a span of a couple more sessions your body's going to learn how to be able to fully do it on its own Mm. 
and that is definitely the place we want to put our bodies in where we can start to regulate our own systems i mean i'm a I'm a Reiki master, and one of the things they teach us in Reiki is why you should bother to get these things called attunements. Mm-hmm. Um, what a Reiki attunement is, is a essentially a ceremony that a, a Reiki master teacher performs on you, who then opens your body up to a greater flow of energy mm-hmm. from the universe. And you might say, well, shouldn't I have been inherently born with that? Mm-hmm. Yes, but through generations, we have been taught to not pay attention to this flow and so much so that we actually can't our systems aren't aren't able to regulate it anymore um it's the you know it, uh, the flow is kind of when you know something before it happens when you can intuitively feel a loved one's energy with maybe out having talked to them um when you when you know something's about to, dangerous is about to happen and you avoid that situation and you watch it happen um so th- those sorts of things, um, some people are still much more open to, but they're a primary example of listening to that flow from the universe. So with the attunements, they open us up to a greater flow and mm-hmm. it has to be done in steps because for instance, my first attunement was so powerful. I spent like the next two weeks with like, I'd be driving down the highway and a song would come on and my, my crown chakra would start vibrating. I immediately wouldn't be able to see straight. I'd have to pull over on the side of the highway and be like, what the fuck is (laughs) happening to me? Um, you know, I just could feel all sorts of new energy things. I was like, what have I done? (laughs) All these shifts, what's happening? Yeah. And so I I imagine that's kind of what you're getting at with the ANF therapy, with the body having to readjust to these new frequencies is a lot of people, especially with chronic pain and stuff, have, have not been absorbing the flow of the universe they've been blocking their own flows from traumas from um with emotional pain and the like so you start to apply these things and and now you have to teach them to read first grade english yep exactly and i think you you touched on a really beautiful point is this aspect of not paying attention Mm. and why right and I, i i truly believe this is why we as a society are sick and why there's so much chronic disease because we aren't paying attention Mm -hmm. and on a deeper level we don't know how to pay attention we've lost that connection with ourselves Mm. we've lost our connection with our intuition which is where there's some seriously beautiful work going on in the world right now especially through female leaders that are teaching women to reconnect to themselves to reconnect to their intuition and some beautiful men's coaching and men's work is happening in that in that realm as well mm. and i'm so grateful to know people on both sides of that spectrum because it's so important and i i do see the pendulum swinging in the other direction mm. um and it, it starts with this level of awareness to become more aware of, of how to pay more attention on a regular basis listen to your body mm-hmm. right when you're going through some of the things like you're going through right now for you right yeah. being able to understand that like i'm having these things come up i'm working through it and i'm i'm growing through it right yeah 
And I'm also paying attention to the fact that it is a full moon last night. Oh my god. It's a freaking full moon in Sagittarius. Ah! It's like the strawberry super moon. You want to know how I feel about it? Oh, tell me more. <laughs> and uh, so I you know, was paying attention to the moon is really close and it's heightening my emotions right now. Good lord, and, yes. Um, you know, one of my other best friends, she couldn't sleep at all last night because of the full moon and you've had a lot of things going on because of the full moon and so I'm like you know what my my thoughts are running away with me right now but maybe it's also because of the full moon and maybe that trauma response was also triggered by the fact that I was two days away from having my period so Mm -hmm. I was PMSing and which I've I've never done before really I mean I um I had my fallopian tubes removed in January and so now I'm actually on my natural cycle for the first time in like I don't know 12 years 13 years it's so beautiful watching you go through that process and and, you and finding that homeostasis I feel very unhomeostasis as of last you know like the other (laughs) week but it's like this is what it's like I'm crazy I'm literally a crazy person this is what most women do they turn crazy I send some many women do and my well that's what society terms it right it turns it this crazy right and and you're getting at this aspect of the fact that there's so many things that influence your freaking body like your hormones your chemistry what you're eating mm-hmm. like your sleep like all these things play a role in your energy yeah and it's that's where that awareness comes in to understand right like where your what where do you need support mm-hmm. right what area is in what maybe multiple areas are influencing how you're feeling so you're looking at yourself right now from this observer perspective, the seat of self, as I like to call it, and you're it? the seat of self, the seat of self, seat. Yep. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I am seated. Right. You're in the seat of like. self, right? And you're looking at, okay, what's influencing my mind and my, what I'm feeling right now. You've got the moon, you've got your hormones, right? Your cycle, you've got maybe your sleep patterns. You were talking about eating and, and what you had going on in Guatemala in comparison to what you've got going on now. I mean, not sleeping great right now. I'm barely getting six and a half hours a night, mm-hmm. and that is where my best friend Lexi also helped me determine six and a half hours is not enough for me. Yeah, it's not enough, and that's what I've been averaging for at least for longer than I care to admit right now. <laughs> and what's so like, and even for healers, like we're constantly working on ourselves. We aren't mm-hmm. freaking perfect. Far from it. Like especially like for me, I I do as much as I can to show up on social media as vulnerably as possible. Like I want you to know that yeah, like we're gonna talk about how to heal yourself, and we're also gonna talk about the the dark parts of what healing is like, mm-hmm. right? What it's like to not want to show up, what it's like to feel challenged, what it's like to feel stressful, yeah. and like I think a lot of people look at healers and they think that they're this this light, this being that's always always shining, and that's not the case. Like we go through our shit too, mm-hmm. and often to become a healer you've gone through exceptional amounts of shit <laughs> exceptional amounts <laughs> to, to, get, to get to that place where you're ready to start helping others uh it's because we've been through the shit and we've seen what works for us we felt what works for us and um we're just driven to help share that mm-hmm. it's one of the things that i've found most powerful about my relationship with you is the fact that we are so open and so vulnerable about what we're going through we are a support system and we're both like moving through it we're dealing with the shit we're Mm -hmm. and in a way that we can then give back to others to support them in doing the same exactly right and i love being able to have 
sisters that really do that together, Mm -hmm. that aren't avoiding it, that don't want to avoid the the challenging conversations, that don't avoid looking at themselves really deeply Mm -hmm. in the mirror on psychedelics or not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) As we do. Yes. Um, Because it's so important. It's so important to look at yourself. It's so important to evaluate where you're at, how you're feeling, where your energy is, how your sleep's been, like... And that's where that presence comes in, that awareness comes in, you know, and, and paying attention to yourself is what's going to allow you to be happy, to be healthy, and to to live this life that feels really fucking good to you. Yeah. And it's it's been very um, transformative for me since I moved down here to Huntington Beach about a year ago. And um, now I live closer to my best friend, Lexi, and then you moved here. So we live also like two blocks away from each other. Great. And uh, I have always traditionally been surrounded by people who have a very masculine approach to life like myself of like I'm going to schedule this I got to do this I got to show up regardless so especially as a tv show producer there was no option to call it like you told them you were sick and they were like are you like on your deathbed or can you come in today (laughs) you know and so I would have to go in and then do the work of like three people in one day while you're sick Mm -hmm. and you know work 10 to 12 hour days regardless and there was no option to be like hey guys I just I don't feel this doesn't suit me today I want to go home and go home and um what I love about you and Lexi is you guys both really are in a lot of flow flow state which is a much more feminine energy Literally by definition, if you compare the two masculine and feminine energies, mm-hmm. feminine's more in flow, goes where the wind blows them. They're just um, as much as you can, right? Obviously, you have clients. You have to show up on time for them. Yeah. Intuitive, um, emotional, sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. And so you guys have both been encouraging me a lot to listen more to my body, to get more in flow. And sometimes I'm like, you guys, this is fucking bullshit. This bu- like, I don't have time to be in flow, you know? And But then, especially as I start to listen to the little things that have been said, you know, like Lexi being like, maybe you should just get more sleep. Maybe maybe that would help a lot of things that you're going through. Like, maybe you should just listen to your body. Like, yeah. you're telling me you're super tired, but, like, what if you got more sleep? I was like, ah, oh, what do you know? And then I started getting more sleep, and I was like, ah, Lexi. Yeah, Lexi. <laughs> you're right about another thing. Um, we live in the society that does not encourage us to be connected with our body. It does not encourage us to honor thy body, right? And in order to heal in order to really dive deep into that personal growth like you've got to honor your body yeah how have you been honoring your body lately Mm. (laughs) tell me more yeah (laughs) the body work that you gave me and that I received today was definitely honoring my body and its needs Mm. and The way that I've really been leaning into honoring my body and myself lately has been making requests, requests, (laughs) (laughs) it's been making requests, uh, when, when I have needs and when I have desires and asking others when I am desiring for those needs to be fulfilled. Um, so really asking others for support when I need it and recognizing when I don't want to do it alone. Um, 
And another way that I've been really honoring my body is just listening. Over the last couple of months, I've been around a lot of people, um, a lot of people going to multiple different events on the weekends, going away almost every single weekend for the last six or seven weeks straight. Mm-hmm. And in these experiences, I've been listening to my body, listening to what my body's needs are when I, you know, in honoring when I want to be a part of the activities that everybody's engaging in and when I don't and when I want to retreat and be on my own and be by myself and and have some peace and quiet time and not feeling guilty about not going with the plan and not feeling guilty about honoring myself and what my needs are. Uh, a couple of weekends ago, I went to one of my f- my first ever really large festival, Lightning in a Bottle, and it was an incredible experience. Uh, it's been for a long time now, the, the one of the biggest festivals that I've really wanted to go to, and it was my first, so cool. it was great. And it was a beautiful experience. And halfway through, I realized I had nothing left. I had no energy left to give. I had no space left to receive. Mm. And I was no longer enjoying my experience. Now I had two options. I stay. I did drive somebody there with me. And I communicated prior that I don't know how long I'm going to want to stay. And so I listened to my body and I honored myself in leaving. I had two options, leave and honor myself or stay and push myself through the rest of the weekend. Mm. And I knew that pushing myself was not going to allow me to be at my highest vibrational state, which is going to influence how I feel and how I show up, which is then going to impact how I impact others. Right. Right. Because my energy is always going to influence the energy of people around me. And so I left. I left three days early and didn't stay for the entire thing. And I went home and I was really, really grateful that I did. Mm. Yeah. And so for me, honoring myself lately has looked like really listening, tuning into my body, letting go of the guilt, um, letting go of what other people might think about my choice. Because at the end of the day, it's my choice and it's what's best for me. And it's my life, not anyone else's. Yeah. You're the one who has to stick through and live it. Yeah. And you deal with the consequences of not listening. Yeah. And I'm all set with that. I'm I'm tired of navigating the pain and the emotional stress and all the things that come with not listening to your body. Yeah. I personally struggle um, with that specifically of, you know, changing my commitments based on how I feel. Um, because I, I never, up until, I don't know, maybe like a year ago, I didn't know that was something you could do. <laughs> and, um, but I as I still struggle with wrapping my brain around, I don't always have to show up if I don't want to, and it's okay to cancel if that's what's going to put me in a better mental state to continue showing up because I run a very busy schedule. Um, but then sometimes I'm reminded, like like yesterday, I really didn't want to show up to surf with my surf buddy at 7 a.m. And we checked the cams, I checked the cams, and it was shitty. And I was like, nobody out. It was that shitty. And I was getting about five and a half hours of sleep that night. And I overslept. I woke up at 6.30. I'm supposed to be there at 7. I usually try to get up at 5.30 or 5 when mm-hmm. I've got to be there at that time. And I kicked myself out of the door because I was like, you love surfing. Go. And I was like, I just really don't want to. 
And so I went and um, starts drizzling and, you know, and he's like, well, I'm going to go anyways. And I was like, dang it. As long as you're going to go, I'm going to go. You know, I guess I'll just paddle. And if I hate it, I'll come out because he was the guy who taught me if the, if the fun, if the amount of effort doesn't outweigh the amount of fun you're having, then you should probably go in. And that really applies to days when there's like really strong currents and you're just having no fun and you're getting worked and just go in, just go in. Um, so we paddled out and while the surf was like really shitty, we had the most amazing dolphin experience that day. Mm. The most amazing. And there was like no one else out, like where we were, um, there were maybe a couple people at the pier, but we were sort of down from the pier and we were the only two people around. Like it's, I mean, you couldn't even see the ones at the pier and this pot of dolphins came through for like 10 minutes then they'd come back for another 10 minutes and then they'd go away they'd come back for another 10 minutes like he and I both like jumped off our boards and we're swimming in the water with the dolphin listening to them underwater Mm. um which I haven't really had a chance to hear them much underwater since I've been here and it's just like sure the surf was shitty but I had the most powerful dolphin experience yesterday and dolphins were jumping in the waves together jumping in waves with us like it was just I ended up being so glad I went and I sometimes remind myself that's why I pack my schedule full of things that I know I will want and desire to do even if like when I get there I don't want to do them yeah but I like your way better There's, there's lots of ways, right? And sometimes it works out like that, where sometimes the thing that you don't want to do at all really ends up being a really beautiful experience. Mm-hmm. And other times, you, you, there's consequences on the, the other end of that, right? Like, you may have been really tired last night at the end of the day. I was really tired. You know? And, and I did it again at 7 a.m. and I did not get enough sleep. And and so there's this balance, right? And and it's, it's a matter of, like, listening to what feels good for you what feels in alignment for your day and that's kind of where that flow that flow comes in right it's like what's in alignment for you you know yeah i am feeling like a day off coming up you know Mm. or i'm also going um camping with one of my best friends tomorrow who i'm going to interview for this podcast so look forward to ben snowden on the next episode um but yeah for me also that's like okay well it's five and a half hours almost six hours of driving to get there it's not like a full rest day but um definitely excited to be off the grid and honoring some of that flow and just regroup in the desert i'm excited for you i think reconnecting with mother nature is always a very very healing experience yeah and luckily, that's what surfing does for me, too. Mm-hmm. Helps you connect. Yeah. So anytime I'm like, should I go? Should I not go? It's like, yes, always go get in the ocean. Yeah. Always. When in doubt, just get, get in the ocean. <laughs> Can't feel worse after getting in the ocean. Yeah. Um, so I want to be respectful of your time. I know you have to get out of here today. Um, but how can my listeners keep up with you? Can we... How can they book with you? It's your website. Yeah. So you can find me at leahdrew.com and you can find me anywhere on any platform. My company is Mind Body with Leah. And so search Mind Body with Leah, L-E-A-H on all platforms. You'll find me on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and on YouTube. Fantastic. 
Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure being able to sit and just riff with you on all things that we do in our spare time anyway. <laughs> right. But now we get to just share it with these beautiful people. It's great. And we're going to do, I'm going to have you on so many more times. More. 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 Always, Always more. more. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> all right. Well, I love you. Thank you so much. I love you. Thank you, Bear. Until next time. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and review this podcast wherever you're listening. I'm so grateful to have you on this journey with me. Until next time.